Hello, Stone Apes and others who are curious about the healing powers of psychedelic medicines. Welcome to the Stone Ape Reports. I'm your host, Stuart Preston. Each episode, I talk to another Stone Ape, somebody who has experienced the transformational powers of psychedelics, or with a practitioner who works with these medicines. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Robin. Robin's story of psychedelic healing includes PTSD, abuse, repressed memories, and shadow work. Please enjoy this episode with Robin. All right, Robin, well, thank you for joining me here on the Stone Ape Reports. Um, why don't we just uh, jump right in here and talk a little bit about your kind of your origin story and, and what brought you to Entheogens and, and your experience. Okay, thank you so much for doing this, by the way. It's such an important platform that we get to share our stories. And, you know, I also feel like it's part of integration work is being able to share the story. So yeah, um, yeah, I'll just dive yeah. right You're in. You're welcome. And thank you for being here. Yeah. Oh, let's, thanks let's so it. much. Okay. So um, this, this particular, I, I've had um, several amazing life-changing experiences, but I chose this one specifically mm. because it revolves around healing PTSD. So mm. um in, uh, I would say maybe July um, of 2019, um, everything was kind of going along well as, you know, and um, my partner left to go on a trip for work. And for some reason that it triggered me and mm. suddenly I was having major depression, horrible anxiety. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. And I mean, sure, I love him, but I was like, what the hell is going on? I I felt like I lost control. Mm. So um, I I just kept sitting with it and sitting with it. And I I finally, fast forward, I realized that what I was experiencing was some really old, old unresolved trauma finally showing its ugly face and begging me to deal with it. So, um, that was, it was a relief to figure that out because I kind of felt like I was going nuts and, um, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself and here I am 47 years old and there's still just this, this, this storm came out of nowhere. So Mm. I was really fortunate to, um, be in connection already with somebody that is a, uh, psychedelic assisted therapist. So I decided it was time for me to do the work. And in the past, I had usually done psychedelic journeys alone. Um, I've never had somebody in the room. Um, Yeah. Typically, I don't want somebody talking to me while I'm in the journey. So Yeah, I get it. Right? You don't want that interruption. You You want things to just flow so you can really listen and go inward. So this was a new thing for me. So the work that I did with the therapist leading up to the journey was really powerful. Um, We did shadow work. And this was the first therapist, strangely enough, of all the therapists I've seen, this was the first time somebody actually pointed out what my triggers were and how it connected to my childhood. And so just to share a little bit more um, and reveal a little bit more... Um, one of the things that was disruptive in my current relationship was what seemed to be uh, jealousy. And it was interesting because, and this is going to tie into the, to the medicine journey, but I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief. 
um, I don't necessarily see myself as a jealous person, so it didn't really fit. But it's something that I've always experienced in romantic relationships. And I couldn't figure out why. And I always felt like, well, jealousy doesn't quite fit, and this feels really old. So this therapist, um, we also did a lot of somatic work. So doing the somatic work and the shadow work, we really just connected it to, you know, the basic, not feeling safe with my primary love objects growing up, my parents. Yeah. What, if so, I can interrupt, what, what does that mean, uh, somatic work and shadow work? Oh, yeah, thanks for asking that. So somatic work means you're accessing the body and the body's wisdom to guide you as opposed to just, you know, intellectualizing, cognitive, mm. behavioral, which are also very effective. But the body, especially with psychedelic work, it's really important to just sort of drop down and access your felt okay. sense. Yeah. And then shadow and, uh, work. And shadow work? Yeah, shadow work is something that... Um, is uh, Carl Jung developed it. Um, it's a major, um, how do I want to say it? It's, it's sort of like the core of Jungian therapy. Um, so let's say you have an experience when you're, I'll, I'll just make up a, a quick scenario. Say you're a little boy and in your house, nobody expresses anger. It's, it just kind of gets stuffed down. But you're a little mm. boy and you express anger because it's normal, it's healthy, it's natural. And then you're told anger is bad, you're bad for experience anger, experiencing anger, and then anger gets banished to the shadows. And you, it's a part of you mm. that gets split off. And then there, obviously, it becomes... Um, it gets bigger and bigger because it's just not natural for you to suppress anger. So let's say anger is your shadow. Well, then you're going to be, um, you're going to have trouble expressing it throughout your life. It'll come out sideways. You'll lash out inappropriately or you turn it inward, which turns into depression. And so that's why mm. it's really important to bring the shadow into the light. So you can integrate that part of yourself that got split off when you were young. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for explaining this. Yeah, sure. You're welcome. So um, my, let's see. So we did, so we were doing the shadow work around my childhood and um, just feeling unsafe and basic, just basic trust and never really having an opportunity to feel safe and, and feel that um, healthy attachment and basic trust. And mm -hmm. Um, it goes a little bit deeper, which gets revealed in, in during the journey. But I felt so relieved to find, wow, I'm not just this shallow person who gets jealous. It's actually, right. I just, I don't know how to trust. I don't know how to let my guard down. And so I'm, I was stuck in this fight or fight and flight where I'm constantly scanning my environment for danger. And obviously that's going to drive people nuts. Um, so it was something I really wanted to work on. Right. So fast forward, um, we, I worked, the pre-integration work was about four weeks. I just met with this therapist doing, you know, these different techniques, talking about my childhood. And then we had the journey. Um, my intentions which I always think is really important to set intention, but to keep them kind of loose. The only intentions I had, Stuart, were 
to release the trauma from my body and to feel and receive love once and for all. Mm. And that was it. So, yeah. yeah, um, So the journey took place, I would say, in August of 2019. And I was very excited. I was very nervous. And I was also very scared because I knew that in order to release trauma from my body, I would probably have to go through some darkness. Mm. So, excuse me. First, um, once the medicine kicked in, it immediately took me to me in a big, beautiful field of tall green grass with the sun shining. And I was there with my younger self. It was just Mm. me and this little girl. And she grabbed me by the hand and she was you know, wearing a white dress and I was wearing a white dress and she grabbed me by the hand and she was pulling me through the field and she was just showing me everything, you know, look at this little ladybug, look how the sun is, you know, reflecting on on the blades of grass. And I've never really connected to my younger self like this before, you know, and we hear a lot of like, oh, you have to love your inner child. It's, kind of seems like this cheesy, corny, disconnected sort of concept. But I was completely there with her. And I was looking at her with just so much love and so much just sort of awe. Like, God, this little girl, she's so beautiful and and creative. And in in that space, I was really falling in love with that little girl who was neglected and abused and ignored and really just needed, you know, that love, somebody to play with. Yeah. So the medicine just, oh, so <laughs> thank goodness, you know, it took me right there knew exactly what I needed. So That's amazing. It's pretty amazing. So after spending some time with her and falling falling in love with her and she knew who I was right away and we just Mm -hmm. were having a blast and then the medicine took me to the darkness um and I think Mm. you know the 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 playlist that the therapist had was very faint in the background but the song changed and that triggered a shift in my journey So suddenly we went from the field to me being in my bedroom um, where I grew up. And suddenly uh, a a door opened. And I started to, I I was sort of stuck in my nine-year-old self during this journey. And the therapist was right by my side. And I started to cry. I said, oh, no, no, here he comes, here he comes. And I pulled the blanket over my head and my whole body started shaking. And in that moment, I realized that I was sexually abused. And, and I won't get into that. You had no memories of that before. I had no memory 
I had zero memory. And there it was as clear as day. And the therapist said, you know, he didn't really know what was going on. I was just saying, oh, no, no, here he comes. And he did such an amazing job of intervening because it could have gone in many directions. So and so he decided to empower me and he said, would you like me to step in? Do you want him to go away? Do you want me to stay with you? You know, he was joining me in my journey, really. And so I said, yeah, "Yeah, let's make this end. I've seen enough. Um, and so but we his, his asking it. you the question didn't just pull you right out of it. You were still able, you were still in the journey while, while kind of interacting with him at the same time. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, was right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I invited him into my, to my journey and, and he protected me, but he also empowered me, which was really important. Um, yeah. which I'll get into later on. So I made that decision to say, let's, let's stop it. And that's an important thing for people to know too, that you really can negotiate with the medicine. It, it, it's there to, to heal you. It doesn't want to re-traumatize you. So you get to say like, okay, you know, let's shift or let's, I, let's end this, especially if you have somebody safe by your side. It's easier to do, obviously. If that therapist wasn't there, it could have gone really bad. Yeah. Wow. So from there, um, we talked a little bit and, you know, I took the blindfold off and I opened my eyes and I told him what I experienced. And um, because I was still in an altered state, I was not yet. I mean, I was, I was shocked because I think I always had a feeling that something happened to me as a little girl, but to get this confirmation was um, shattering and relieving all at once because it allowed me to look back on my life and see, wow, this is why I did this. This is why I feel this way. You know, it just, it it all Mm -hmm. clicked into place and was very validating. So, yeah, yeah. Um, After that, the medicine decided to take me back to a positive place, which I was really grateful for. And it was incredible because it was really just kind of checking all the boxes (laughs) for me. (laughs) Um, You know, my last intention was to be able to feel and receive love. And I as a result of the abuse, I've just been blocked. So I think theoretically somebody would say, I love you. And I'd be like, yeah, I think this person loves me, but to actually feel it, I don't, I, I never really felt it before. And, and I didn't know that until this journey. So the very last thing it had me experience was I could literally feel what my partner feels for me. Like it was almost like I had stepped into his body and I was seeing myself through his eyes. And that was so much fun. (laughs) It was really, really beautiful to finally see and feel and receive. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I'm respected. I'm safe. It was really quite something. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's amazing. Hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really fun to talk about. Honestly, I haven't talked yeah. about this in a long time. So, um, after this journey, uh, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It got really dark for me because here I am mm. with this suppressed memory. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So I knew it was time for me to do the work. And um, the guide, though he was skilled, clearly skilled in what he, in what he does, um, I could, there were some limitations, particu particularly around um, a suppressed memory of sexual abuse. And so I was, um, you know, sort of struggling a little bit and thought about, you know, finding another therapist that specialized in it. Um, but I wasn't really having that much luck. And so I, I didn't take care of myself as, as best as I could. You know, I should have jumped into this right away. But, um, you know, I made excuses like, oh, I'm just so busy and I don't have time and this therapist wasn't a good fit. So I kind of just started pushing it back into the shadow and then my yeah. body, yeah, because <laughs> who wants to deal with that? Right. Such a big thing that just have pop up out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, the, the, the therapist that I worked with, he was, you know, still there for me and present and had given me homework, you know, make sure I was right. I skipped over this part. Um, we had three integration sessions afterwards where um, we were reviewing the material. We talked about how I wanted to handle the suppressed memory. I was writing a ton of poetry and I was dancing. I was dancing a lot. So wow. I totally skipped over that. So I was definitely doing integration work because one of the things that I got it, from the, go ahead. Yeah. And the poetry and the dancing is part of the integration work. It is. It is, absolutely. And it will look different for everybody, you know. Everyone has their own way of integrating. But I find that the arts really keep us grounded and centered. They keep us in touch with the body's wisdom, the shadow, mm -hmm. the unconsciousness that gets tucked away when we're in the everyday life, you know. Yeah. So when I was dancing, my dances were very intentional. I was, you know, imagining myself with my little girl again in the field. Um, when I was writing poetry, it was kind of just pouring out of me. And it was all about using my voice, finding my power, letting love in. So it definitely allowed me to uh, keep these lessons alive and to also integrate them which i do still feel today but i think it's really important to be intentional when you have these these journeys right i mean you could probably speak to that a little bit as well i i think um sometimes i see people just jumping from like one ceremony to the next and not letting it digest or just yeah. you know doing tons of psychedelics and not really ex extracting the lessons and forgetting about it really. So 
So important. Yeah, because we get these powerful lessons, and it can be, if we just, I feel like it's overwriting it when we jump into something too quickly. I mean, I, I don't want to judge anybody. We all right. do our own journeys our own ways, but I, I went through a powerful journey once and was offered to do it again immediately, and I just thought, no, I don't want to overwrite what I just had. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think I need to go work with what I've got, and I'd be afraid that it would overwrite it like an old floppy disk. That's right. That's really so. well said. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, and certainly, certainly no judgment. Um, everyone's on their own path and, and searching for what they're yeah. searching for. So, um, but I'm with you. I mean, I, I haven't had a journey since then. Um, I'm st- <laughs> I just still have so much to digest. Yeah, so, you, well, you do. I do. <laughs> Um, one thing I'll say is, um, my body, my body as all of our bodies, there's, there is so wise because I kind of, like I was saying, you know, sure I was dancing and doing some poetry, but then I just jumped back into life. And then I had this volcano of (laughs) anger (laughs) just sort of exploding out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere, obviously we know where it's coming from, but you know, I found yeah. myself just feeling absolute rage pretty regularly to the point where it was becoming incredibly disruptive. And I was, um, it was giving me major anxiety. It was difficult for me to be present with people. So I realized that um, I was kind of trying to sweep stuff under the rug and I needed to deal with it. <clears throat> I started looking for a therapist again, and unfortunately, it didn't quite work out. So um, I decided to just see myself as my own healer, which I think is important for all of us to do because we are, and Mm -hmm. to see that I can still um, rely on the things that I learned from the medicine and that we are the medicine, all of us. Yeah. Yeah, so I decided to stop looking for a therapist because it was exhausting and disappointing, to be honest. Um, yeah. Everyone has their strengths, and it just, I couldn't quite find the right fit. And I started to uh, do a bunch of journaling about my childhood and just writing down my story and writing and just facing it, writing down everything that happened. And I was also sort of talking out loud in my car every morning on my way to work. I've got about a 45 minute commute. That was my time to sort of let it out. And I was really just voicing it. Yeah. And what, and what that led to was um, I think it's time for me to start having conversations with my family that felt like the next right healing step. And so and that started. And then what's that? Had those conversations started? Yes. And it's been really healing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So here I am still integrating. (laughs) Yeah. And and normally, you know, I I try to go into how, how different life is after these, these experiences, but it sounds like we caught you at a moment when you've had, um, I, I would say one, one of the deepest experiences I've heard so far Mm. and you're still integrating it. 
you're still dealing with it. You're still exploring it and with mm-hmm. journaling and art and talking. That's right. So it's, uh, that, that chapter hasn't unfolded yet. You're still That's working right. on writing it. You got it. Nice. You got it. And, and, and again, sharing the story with you is just so healing for me right now. I mean, when we, when we're done with the podcast, I'm going to go do some poetry. I'm excited now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, it is for me too. I'm glad we're, we're not on video that this is audio because I was breaking up during a lot of your, a lot of your sharing there. It's a pretty, oh. pretty powerful story. You know, oh. it's, yeah. And I think everybody can learn from you. And I think everybody would love to have the experience of being in a field with their, their little mm-hmm. one, their little mm-hmm. self, their younger mm-hmm. self. That's just so amazing. Yeah. 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 And I get to visit anytime I want, you know, whenever I get triggered. So here's a cool thing for, to think about um, for whoever is listening. One of the ways you could really integrate parts of your journeys is, so for me, obviously, that was the big one. That's a tool now. I could use that at any time. Anytime I'm feeling triggered in my personal yes. life or my professional life, all I have to do is close my eyes and go for a run in the field with her. I pick her up. I hold her in my arms. I kiss her on the cheek. I tell her she's amazing. It's, it's just, it's right there and it's free. You can access it at any time. Yeah. And we we can all do it. Yeah. Um, One more. uh, I'm sorry. Go go ahead. ahead. Yeah, please. One more thing. I was just going to say, yeah, one more thing. Um, There is an amazing woman in my life. Um, She's not a therapist. She calls herself a life coach, but she's much more than that. She's a medicine woman. And I actually did end up reaching out to her. I scheduled a a session with her online and sharing my, she was the first person I shared um, my story with the way that I'm sharing it with you. And Mm -hmm. because she held the space correctly (laughs) i hate to use that word it helped me to deepen my process and so it really is important to find you know if you do want to integrate um with an integration therapist it's it's really it really does make a difference because if you share it with a friend who doesn't really get it it could be damaging your walls come back up so yeah it was, it was, it helped me deepen the process. And that was actually not that long ago. She's a pretty amazing woman. Nice. So the, the process for you, I mean, it sounds like you said uh, a very deliberate process, you know, having intentions going into it, um, having the right set and setting for the first time, actually having somebody there with you, obviously in a therapeutic setting, but, and then making sure you, you take the time to integrate the lessons afterwards is that, are there anything in that whole process that you think is really the key to, to doing that in a, in a really um, healing way? Like, what, are the, what would you say the keys are to going through that process for anybody considering it or looking at it? I would say, I mean, you kind of just touched on, on it right there. The key is to, um, you know, uh, all, all of it, you know, understanding um, – doing the prep work. So you want to make sure that, um, and and I guess I don't want to say you want to make sure, but for me, it was 
doing some pretty in-depth therapy before the journey. And that really made room for the medicine to know exactly where it needed to go. Um, Like you said, set and setting, intention, having a skilled person um, close by or in the space with you, and then the integration work afterwards and um, taking the time to really digest Yeah, good, good, great. So you're, um, you talked with the life coach. You're you're here on the podcast. You've you've talked to your family as a result of these memories coming up and all this. Mm-hmm. Are you out there talking to to people about your experiences and sharing these experiences? Um, have you felt any pushback, any any uh, of that stigma, you know, around these entheogens? You know, how have you been sharing this with kind of the, your, your circle and your world of influence? Well, that's such a great question. I'm actually really careful because I'm a sensitive soul. So I, if I don't feel like I'm going to get good, safe, positive feedback from somebody, I won't share it with them. Yeah. So I have shared with, um, I would say, three of my closest friends, um, obviously my partner, and that's pretty much it. I, and I, I think that's why I'm so grateful for this format and doing this with you because I want to share my stories. I mean, my life has completely yeah. changed. I, so I don't know. I wish we, I, I love that you're doing this. Let's do it more. <laughs> Keep yeah. Doing well, I love doing. that you're doing it. It's, it, yeah, it's all about you. And I'm really grateful for you to, to be here and, and share all this. Is is there anything else, you know, you want to get out there or talk about or share or promote or anything, you know, before we wrap up? Mm, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yes. Yes, I do. Good. I want, I want to make sure that people understand that when we take these, these powerful ancient medicines that they will open you up things become amplified. And this is probably not the best analogy, but it is like liquid Drano. I mean, things that are locked up inside of you will no longer be locked up. You are open. It's almost like your, your skin is a little bit more thin. Um, you're seeing more, you're feeling more, you're remembering more, and there's no turning back. So be really... Mm you know, conscious, safe, aware that it's going to be a life-changing experience and you really want to be ready for it and it's not to be taken lightly. And this isn't meant to scare anyone or talk them out of it, but it's just to, to really understand. I mean, I went from not being able to remember my childhood at all, maybe a couple memories here and there, to I remember absolutely everything I mean, what I was wearing, what the weather was, where we went, I, yeah. schools, it's all open now. So that's really important for people to, to hear and to understand and to not isolate around that, you know, they can, to, to keep the community, mm-hmm. the psychedelic community um, is so important so we could share these stories with each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing your story. This has been really, really powerful, and um, I'm truly grateful that you came here and did this. 
Thank you so much. I'm grateful as well. That concludes this edition of the Stoned Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stoned Apes.